Welcome to the Enter the Kingdom podcast, where our goal is to equip listeners with the tools they'll need to not only enter the kingdom of heaven here and now, but remain in the kingdom that Jesus ushered in 2,000 years ago. I'm your host, Harrison Watson, and in 2018, God called me out from the world for this purpose and many others. Welcome to the show. Let's get started. All right, welcome to the 11th episode of the Enter the Kingdom podcast. I'm your host, Harrison Watson. There's no way to sugarcoat this. Today's conversation is going to be a tough one. But if we're really going to do what we need to do, we have to get honest with each other. And I'm going to be honest with you about some struggles that I have. I'm going to put myself out there so that you can understand that you're not alone. You know, I think so much of the pomp and circumstance of the church has really gotten away from sheer honesty. The truth of the matter is that there isn't a single one of us that remain here on earth today that have been perfected. How do I know that? Because Jesus says in Mark 4:29 that as soon because Jesus says in Mark chapter 4 the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day, and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. We talked about this a little bit yet in the last episode. For the earth yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the head, after that the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle, because the harvest has come. What does this say? What's Jesus saying to us? But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts this in the sickle because the harvest has come. So he's talking, he's using a metaphor about our growth. You know, the seed is planted in our ground. And Jesus does the parable of the sower where he talks about the different grounds that seed is laid on. What's our job? Our job is to work on the ground. It's the word of God that is the seed. But it's our job to work on the ground that receives the seed. What is, what, is, what is the ground that receives the seed? It's our hearts. It's aligning our hearts, our minds, our will, and our emotions, our spirit, with the truth of God's word. It's aligning all of those things. You know, last week's episode was about alignment. But what I'm going to talk about today, we, can, we know that not a single one of us that is here today and listening to this podcast has been perfected in the Lord. If we had, then we would have been like the grain that was ripened, and immediately the sickle would come because the harvest has come. That means that we would be ready to go to heaven. Where we stand today is the battleground. It is the proving ground. What this place is, is Adam was sent out of the garden because of the separation that took place and it's what we're trying to do now and what wasn't what isn't possible of ourselves it's only possible because that we have the holy spirit and it's only possible through relationship with god and by the way these are the grace this is the grace of god this is the gift of god that he would take imperfect people and put his spirit inside of it that we could follow the way the truth and the life and as john 8 says And that we would know the truth, and that truth would make us free. 
For whoever practices sin is a slave, not free, is a slave to sin. So today's conversation is going to be tough because I'm going to get up all in all of our business, including my own. And we're going to talk about what is what we need to do to actually get free. I don't want to sit here and I'm tired of these sermons that are preached that are just supposed to make us feel good for an hour. And then we leave and we come back and we go over and do the same cycles over and over and over again. It's pointless. It might be good for getting somebody to receive the seed, which is important. But if a seed continues to fall on bad ground, it will not bear fruit and it will not get taken in the harvest. It will not be able to enter the kingdom. And the whole purpose of this podcast is to help us make it to the kingdom. We have work to do, right? We have work to do. And so I'm going to challenge all of us. I'm including myself in this. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to sit here as if I'm above you. I'm not above you. I'm here. I'm not the son of God. There's only one who has been perfected. His name is Jesus Christ. He came in the flesh. He denied his flesh. Both in the wilderness when the Holy Spirit led him out to be tempted in Matthew chapter 4 and also denied his fleshly desire in the Garden of Gethsemane and took on the cross so that you and I could receive the same spirit that he received by believing in what God and he accomplished so that we could do what Paul says, which is work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. Now, this is important to understand. The moment you believed in Jesus Christ and what God and asked God to make him and asked Jesus to be Lord over your life and you received of the Holy Spirit, you received what Paul calls the down payment of the redemption of your soul. You received that which is able to save you. Understand this fundamentally before God handpicked people to receive his Holy Spirit. He said, this person seems worthy enough. I'm going to put my spirit on them. And they were called the prophets. Now we have a new covenant. This new covenant comes in the same way that it came before by faith. As the book of Hebrews talks about, Abraham believed and it was credited to him as righteousness. Abraham had faith. And then the book of Hebrews goes on to talk to us about all these different things of faith. But faith, as James says, faith without works is dead. And again, this isn't faith meant to push you to works. Outward externalities of the internal reality. It's not, it's not meant to make you Martha. You've heard the story of Martha and Mary, who were sisters. One was around worrying about taking care of everybody else for the party. The other, that was Martha. The other was Mary, sitting at the feet of Jesus, only came when Jesus called her. And when Martha complained to Jesus, she said, Lord, aren't you concerned that my sister won't help me? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus said, Martha, you're concerned with many things, but Mary has chosen that which is needed, and it won't be taken from her. So we have to fundamentally shift our ideas 
so much of what we're trying to do, it seems to me, is we're trying to have these external actions trying to save people before we've been saved. Do you understand what I mean? That doesn't mean that God can't use us in the process, that he can't, uh, uh, that we can't be used um, by walking in obedience with him when God calls us to do something. That's not what I mean. What I mean is often we forget to take the beam of wood out of our eye before we reach forward to take a splinter out of somebody else's eye. And if we would take the beam of wood, why Jesus calls it a beam of wood, is because it's still a splinter. But if you were to take a splinter and put it up close, really close to your eye, it would be, be a beam, it would look like a beam of wood. And so we have work to do. All of us. Anybody who's here has work to do. We haven't been perfected. And so I want to talk to us today about breaking the cycle. Now, almost all of us, in fact, I'd, I'd venture to say every single one of us, there are some things that we can see that God has, has gotten us past. And if you're brand new, you might not even have seen that yet. And that's okay. It's okay. Just continue to trust. Continue to look towards the Word. Continue to look inside the Word and let that reflect into yourself to show you things that you know that you have inside of yourself that need to be fixed, and then pray and ask God to help you fix them. And he will he is gracious to do so. But let's be honest. Some of us have things that we, lo- that we love more than we love God. What do I mean by that? I mean that there are things that we have. Hearing is obeying, and Jesus says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. So if we do things that are different than Jesus' commandments. And by the way, I'm again going to say that everybody who is here today, at least to my knowledge, every person who is listening to this, that ha- according to Mark 29 and what Jesus is trying to say here, all of us have things that, that we have not yet given fully up to God. And therefore, I'm, I'm, I'm intentionally take, saying this in a, a radical way so that we don't discount the importance of getting rid of it. Whatever we obey, taking taking Jesus' verse, where he says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Let's take that to a different level and apply it to something different. If you love money, you will keep its commandments. If you love lust, you will keep its commandments. If you love food, you will keep its commandments. If you love yourself, you will keep your own commandments. Jesus is saying, in a way, whatever we obey, whatever we operate according to, those are the things that we love. And he's saying that if we love him, we will keep his commandments. And so let's talk about taking the time to reflect back. You know, you're going to, you read the Bible enough and you're going to start noticing patterns. You're going to start noticing very similar stories in different generations and in different times that are mere images of a previous generation. Abraham first lied about his wife being his sister, and then his son did the same thing. That's one example. God is trying to show us that there are things that if we don't root out, they can attach to another generation. If we don't root them out in ourselves, 
then they can attach to a different generation. Have you ever noticed how maybe your aunt and maybe your cousin have very similar tendencies that maybe aren't necessarily in alignment with who God is? I'm, I, the reason why I'm, I'm trying to give you external examples is because it's a lot easier for us to admit that other people have problems than us. Let's just be honest about that. Most of us have too big of an ego to look in the mirror and say, no, I've got issues. And you're going to have to drop it. Let, I think I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again. When this process started for me, God was just flat out honest. And he said that I had a huge ego. And I thought that he was talking about that. I thought that I was like really self-centered. And that's the way that we think about it. But an ego is an identity. It is our perception of reality for ourselves. It also can be externalized in very arrogant ways. And that's the way that we typically think about ego. But what God said to me is that he wanted to take my, he wanted to take my ego and shatter it shatter it. I mean, it was literally like the image that was explained to me because it was somebody else who was speaking from the spirit and trying to explain to me what they were seeing. And the image that was, that was portrayed was my ego, just the big word ego, and then a sledgehammer, and it was shattered into millions of pieces, into oblivion. <laughs> Let me be honest with you, I really hated that. <laughs> I really, truly hated it. Because I thought, I'm humble. Look at how humble I am. Like, I'm willing to admit my fault. I, all, which, of course, is ego. <laughs> it's ego's way of getting in, uh, and pride's way of getting in the way of progress. But I didn't see it as that at first. And it wasn't until I was willing to accept the truth of what God's word was. And the truth of my condition, that change even started to happen. Folks, it isn't, let, let me be very, I'm going to be very direct here. You will not change unless you want to. Nobody, I could sit here and speak until I had no more breath. But if you don't want to change, you won't. If you want to walk around as if you have no issues, I can promise you those issues will remain. And so will your attitude. I don't want to sugarcoat it because, again, the purpose of this podcast isn't to make you feel good necessarily, although I do hope it encourages you, but I believe that true encouragement will come by following what the Word of God says and seeing that it's true. And we can only see that the Word of God is true if, if we're willing to hear and obey it. That's the only way. There is no other way. There is no other way. Jesus, if Jesus Christ, the Son of God, had to come down and obey the word in order to give us salvation and in order to be perfected himself, and by the way, for his obedience, he was resurrected from the dead. If Jesus Christ had to go through that, why do we think we don't have to? Did Jesus die once and for all for all sin? Yes, he did. But he died to cover us with the blood of Jesus so that our imperfections would be overlooked by God to reconcile us so that we could receive the Holy Spirit and that God could put his spirit into our hearts and that he would change our hearts from the inside out, that he would take our stone heart and give us a heart of flesh and one that would obey him 
And so I want to talk about cycles. What are the sins that you continually deal with? And if you're not sure, that's a, that, that's a place to start. That's a place to start. But a lot of us have some outward actions that we just flat out know because the Holy Spirit inside of us convicts us of sin. It lets us know that what we're doing is not in alignment with what God says, even if we love to do it. But if you're not sure, the first step is to, to just say a simple prayer. God, I don't know what I need to fix and what things inside of me are not of you. And I ask in Jesus' name that you would reveal them to me. And God will be faithful and just to do that. Now, what is that going to look like? Oftentimes, it's going to look like it manifesting in your life shortly thereafter. And so when you see an attitude that comes after you've prayed this prayer, take time to write it down and ask yourself what the thought or the attitude was that led to the negative reaction. Because that's the root. The, action, the external actions that we have are a symptom of the root cause. For instance, we know that pornography is rampant in the world. And I told you I was going to be honest, there have been times where I've struggled with it and God has taken me very far. I'm not I'm still not perfect at it because there's still the root. The root is there. And the challenge is that you know how when you cut a weed a, a weed with a weed whacker but you leave the root, the weed can grow back up. The weed can grow back up if left, if the root is left intact. And so we get ourselves into these cycles, right? Where we take care of the symptom, where we take care of everything that's above the ground, but we don't take care of the root. And when we don't take care of the root, the symptoms, just like this says about fruit, he says the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. For the earth yields crops by itself. The ground yields crops by itself. First the blade. We could say the blade. He's talking about a blade of grass. Then the head. And after that, the full grain in the head. Just like the word of God, when a seed is planted inside of our ground, can grow itself up to fruitfulness, so can the seeds of the enemy which are thoughts that are out of alignment with the truth of God. Thoughts, actions, attitudes, uh, strongholds. They can also first come as first the blade, then the head, then the full grain in the head. They can come the same way. So it's our job to work with God. And what, he, what does he want to do? He wants to do what he says he wants to do. Take the axe to the root. Take the axe to the root. And so if we, so what I found myself doing, I did, and I'm, 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 I'm intentionally being flat out honest, is that I get comfortable. I get comfortable thinking that these external actions that I know are terrible, they're not really there anymore, so it must be, it must be taken care of. It must be gone. Praise God. And, I, and, I, and, I, and I'll claim victory too early. And then, oops, all of a sudden, some other symptoms are popping up. And it never starts out as the full-blown big symptom. Let's, let's say that watching pornography is the first. Let's go with that because especially any men who are listening, and maybe women uh, as well who are listening that are struggling with this, can, can relate. 
it never let's say that watching pornography is the is the 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 grain in the head it's the full grain in the head that's come out it's it's that it's that terrible terrible action that we don't ever want to get back to it never starts that way this is why jesus tells us that any man who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart so that is when you're starting to see the blade when you start to t- when your eyes start to look at a woman in a way or, or at a man in a way that is not as seeing them as your sister in Christ or your brother in Christ or as a child of God that is the moment that you know the root hasn't been taken that is the moment it always st- it starts back there and the more you allow that to be fed without dealing with it the higher up it can go and eventually it can get all the way to the action you don't want it to take now we have to understand that some of these roots that are in us as i said abraham had sin and then it came to isaac some of them that exist are generational curses things that have come before us things that have come before our parents things that we need to deal with in our lives so that we don't pass it to another generation. For those of you who are parents, and parents are really good at taking a look at their faults, they are. Whether they'll admit it, they know internally when they think that they've done something that isn't up to par with God's truth. They'll see some of these things in their children, and they'll wonder where they came from. And they come from them not rooting it out before they had children. I need to explain that more because you have to, you have to come from a couple of different angles to, to, to see this. It took me a long time to see it. But God says this, or actually it's it, 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 Paul says this, where he talks about Christ is the head of the man, the man is the head of the woman, and God is the head of Christ. I think that's right. I'm going to make sure that, I, that I'm quoting that right. Yes, it's 1 Corinthians 11.3. It says, But I want you to know that Christ is the head of every man, and the man is the head of the woman, and God is the head of Christ. What's he talking about? He's talking about the spiritual protections. Christ is the spiritual protection of the man. In a family setting, in a family setting, Christ is the spiritual protection for the man, and the man is the spiritual protection for the woman, and God is the spiritual protection for Christ. And so this is why men, I'm coming at men, the heads of households, and I'm not trying to say this from a sexist place, because I do think that the church has taken these words and they have, they have twisted it and slanted it in a way to which it's not meant. This is just the way that God has set up the spiritual protection structure. Adam was supposed to be the spiritual protection structure. For Eve. Who did God call in the garden first? Eve may have eaten the apple first, but who did God call in the garden? He called for Adam. Where are you? Why? Because we're meant to be the spiritual protection for our families. This is why, men, we have an obligation to protect our families through aligning our conduct aright and in alignment with Christ. When we don't do that, the spiritual ramifications that can take 
hold in our family are vast. And when we when God has identified these things to us, we have to immediately ask God to forgive us, to cover those sins with the blood of Jesus, and to please take back any ground that we have given up to Satan as a result, and to restore the spiritual protection over us and over, over our families. We don't want to give the enemy foothold. I went on a, on a little aside there because I, I needed you to understand where I'm coming from and, wh- and why I'm saying it this way. How things can get passed down generationally. Some of these things come from before and some of these things happen to you. You know, some of the, the, the lust issues that t- have taken place in my life are both generational, but some of them are things that happened to me when I was a kid. And I won't go into depth into that now. At some point, God may have me share the, the fullness of it. But even though evil has, has come upon us through no fault of our own originally, it is our job to work in a personal relationship with God to overcome it so that it can't pass. The buck has to stop somewhere. The buck has to stop somewhere. And we can't control other people. We can only control our own journey. And really, even God is in control of that. So what can we really control? Our desire. God gives us the desire. But I want to talk about the cycle. You know, we've been talking about it, and I've, and I've had to run to some other places to try and explain what I'm saying in, in some more depth. What are your cycles? What are the things that you continually struggle with? Let's start this week. What I'd like us to do is to stop. And to really get in prayer with God to try to identify what some of these cycles are. You might already have three or four of them on, on, the, on the top of your head already and, and write them down and take them to God. But, when, but if you don't have them, that's fine too. Ask God to reveal them to you and he will be faithful to do that. But then we need to ask him to grant us the mercy and to grant us repentance and to help us overcome them. Because we are a branch a part of the vine. And Jesus says that without him, we can do nothing. So that means that in order for us to be able to get rid of these things, we need him and we need God to help us overcome them. And then we have to submit and obey what we hear and what the word of God tells us. And we have to fight. That's the fight. That's how you break chains. That's how we break the cycle. I've had this cycle that I'm dealing with for as long as I can remember. God's broken a lot of cycles for me. He has, praise God. But I still have some. And I'm asking him to, to, Father, I'm asking in Jesus' name that you would break this cycle for me. Right around now, Father, is the time when I start to get confident in myself and what you've done through me to where I let my guard down. Help me, Father, to not give up and to stay focused and to stay attached to the vine. Help me, Father, tear out the root. I ask this of you in Jesus' name, and I ask you, Father, that you would do the same for everybody who is listening to this podcast today. I ask this of you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless. We'll see you next time. 
Thanks for joining us today on the Enter the Kingdom podcast. If today's message was an encouragement to you, please consider sharing it with someone whom you think it might encourage. Also, make sure to subscribe for free to our podcast and join us every Monday, God willing, as we continue on our journey together. God bless. We'll see you next Monday.